Okay, I got it to work. It is now recording. Cool. Well, as it stands now that we're recording, I'll let you take lead. You decide where we go and what yes, what we say. It's up to okay. you. Cool. So this conversation started on Reddit. I can't even remember actually what the original post was. I think I must have posted on the Ex Mormon Reddit. Yeah. And it was about morality. I can't. Honestly, I can't even remember what it was. Oh, it was something about evidence for the Book of Mormon being false, and you were arguing with okay. people there. Okay. Yeah. I I jumped in, asked you some questions. We talked a bit back and forth, and you were basically saying, "Oh, hey, you were actually." someone who's listening and then you said because <laughs> yeah, most people don't <laughs> well and you said that you'd be willing to talk more and i'm like yeah we tried oh, to connect I, yeah well yeah. we were supposed to meet and i missed our our meeting i think the first time yeah that you I, did. I, so i apologize about that but i'm glad it worked out this time anyways yeah so that's kind of where i was at just responding to <clears> the <throat> person who recognized i was on here yeah, so originally um, I was curious to know your story. Uh, from what I understand, and what I've what I've seen from your YouTube and a couple, of, I guess your Reddit profile, that you were a member of the church at one point, but you've been out for over a year. Is that what I read? Probably. Yeah, um, September of last year is when I when I finally decided to leave. Okay. Did you remove your records? No, I haven't done that. Okay. So after that, uh, I'd love to know your story and just, and I don't, I don't see this conversation as, as a debate really. Um, I just really would love to understand. I think every person, whether in or out of the church has a fascinating story that I think we can learn from. And it helps me to understand better how to interact with those who have left. Cause if you you go on the ex Mormon, uh, Reddit, you'll see a lot of posts from me where, um, I just don't buy a lot of the things that I have a lot of negative interactions on the ex Mormon. <laughs> yes, you know? that you do. And, and that's fine. And I, and I realize I'm swimming with sharks. You know, I'm, I realize I'm putting myself into a situation where people aren't going to be happy and I'm, I'm presenting things that, that question their experiences. So I, and you know, there's trauma and hurt with leaving the church. I understand that. I don't deny that. Yeah. Um, but being able to just talk with somebody is just is just nice. I'd like to to learn more about where you're coming from, and then if we want to talk about morality, um, I know we have some disagreements there. But it it sounded like we kind of concluded that. Well, I guess we can just talk about it. I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, that's uh, true. I I think so. I I think what it comes down to is we end up being a lot closer in process and thought and less in starting point. But mm-hmm. again, we'll we'll get to there. But um, I, and I do want to add one more thing about Exmo. I think one of the um, things I notice from you on your interactions there is specifically that I'm swimming with sharks mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one bites you in the butt more often than you expect. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Um, but, so anyway, so, yeah, my story is, um, that's a really broad thing to ask. Um, you said my story going forward from the point I left? Is that where you... Um, no, no, I'd, I'd love to know from the beginning. From um, the beginning? As, as much as that is relevant to your membership in the church um, and your leaving, I guess. I mean, you don't have oh. to tell me all about your family and all that necessarily, but I just just what would be relevant for me to understand how, how, you, how you got where you, where you are. That's, a again, a very large, long story. Um, 
How about I start with this, and then questions can be asked beyond that. Um, Because I can... A lot of it's stuff over years and time. I will say the the one thing that kind of ended up cracking my shelf, so to speak. I'm sh- I assume you're familiar with the mm-hmm. shelf metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, was a very close friend of mine um, wrote me and said, hey, I'm struggling with the Book of Mormon and I don't know what to do because I don't know how to handle these things that I found in it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, sure, I'll help you. Um, and the list that this person had put together of um, contradictions in the Book of Mormon, um, anomalies, things that didn't line up right. Mm-hmm. Anachronisms, um, probably. Anachronisms as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they... They didn't sit well with me. I didn't have good answers. When you put them all together, it had a very... There was a either... Each one of these has a very specific, complex answer that can kind of justify it. Or there's one very simple, straightforward answer, which is, yeah, this was clearly forged. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a, a written document rather than a translated document. Right. Are these, can I ask just for clarification, I'm assuming these um, concerns from your friend were not original to them. I'm assuming they found a collection or multiple, even multiple sources of the, concerns. The list was original to them. Um, there was, in there was also things gathered from sources as well, but the ones that mattered to me were the things that were because I, I was very much of the mindset of I'm not going to trust anything that's anti. Um, it could be full of lies and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. this was, was this a year, year and a half ago, you said? Oh, no. This was three three years before I left the church. Okay. Um, for that one, though, basically, the Book of Mormon, and I didn't even realize it so much at the time, but the Book of Mormon was that core of like, hey, if the Book of Mormon's true, then the church is true, mm-hmm. and vice versa. If it's not, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the actual text of the Book of Mormon itself had so many contradictions that it's, um, it was enough to shake my faith very strongly. Um, but my wife was still a member. My life was the church. I, the church was a huge part of who I was. I didn't want to let go of it. So I did everything I could to try to regain my faith from there. Um, I, um, you know, talked with my, um, talked with faithful members in the church who I, trusted to help me kind of build up my testimony. I focused on reading the scriptures and church and all that stuff. And it's, it was a struggle, but I decided to um, stick with it and try to hold on to it, try to regain a testimony. Um, after three years and kind of during that whole time, it just, as I was 
going along, it's just kind of it was harder and harder to actually see the church as something true. Mm-hmm. Was did it mainly? You said it started with the Book of Mormon contradictions and things like that. At least did that it, was the the item that broke my shelf. Or okay, so the, shelf so so there were things before that. Then that there were right? a lot of things, I, and I had before integrated. Like I had heard about Joseph Smith, polygamy, blacks of the priesthood. I had learned a lot about the history and things, and those were things that was like, yeah, I can justify these. I can, you know. Men do what men do, and that doesn't change God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had at that point thought, yeah, I can, I'm cool. I, I understand the, <laughs> I mean, I understood that a faith crisis could happen again, but it's like I made it through figuring out all that stuff, and I, I think the church can still be cool. Um, so I don't think the Book of Mormon things would have quite shook me quite as much or quite as easily if I had not known all the other things that had gone as well. It's just mm-hmm. makes it harder to justify. Um, I don't know for sure, though. I don't know what that experience would be like without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyways, after about three years, my wife started um, learning some things about the church as well. She started questioning. She came to me and was like, hey, is this actually true history of the church and like yeah that stuff's true um and for her her testimony was much more broken on joseph smith's history himself Mm -hmm. um anyways after we had a conversation about it we decided okay we both we both can't accept this anymore um and you know a lot went on in the three years between then and then but Oh, so that was that was three years ago, and then... no, so that okay, so so about four years ago, I learned about the Book of Mormon stuff. Okay. Three years I stayed a member. Okay, and then one year ago, my wife and I decided to leave together. Okay, and again, just to clarify, when you say when you say you stayed a member, it means you kept going to church and kept kept reading scripture, praying, going to the temple, like all that. Yep. Paint, I think, all that. Okay, and then when you say stop being a member, you just mean, like, just stop all that, right? Is that right? Like, in like specifically decided we do not want to be part of the church anymore. Okay, and so can I, can I ask, and I don't know if, you, if, you, if you've thought about this, why have, you, why have you chosen not to remove your records? It just like a convenience thing, or? No, mostly because I remember in times past I had friends who had left the church and it had um, been kind of a uh, it had been kind of a solace to me when they hadn't removed their records of like oh okay it's not like it's not like okay they sealed and locked the deal it's like they might come back they it might be I didn't worry as much about their eternal souls and kind of when they did actually remove their records it's it. Mm-hmm. It left me feeling sad. So I'm like, to me, it doesn't matter whether I'm on the records or not. Um, and I figure if it's kinder to our families, then I'd mm-hmm. do it that way. Okay, cool. So so it's kind of a, a cushion for your family and friends, maybe, who, who are still yeah. active. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, and that was a decision I actually brought to the... 
<laughs> well, I first brought it to the r slash LDS sub and asked them, hey, what would you recommend for me to do? Um, and they immediately banned me from their sub. Um, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I'm basically banned from both of the faithful subs over there. So, <laughs> Well, and then the Latter-day Saint sub, I asked them, like, hey, they didn't let me in the other one. Can I post it here? They're like, hey, yeah, sure, we're not strict. So I posted it there. I got a lot of good advice from people. Um, yeah. And I decided, okay, I'll go ahead and leave my records here in the church. Okay, so that was conscious. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, basically, I didn't want to leave them in the church and then also inconvenience others who now have to worry about me being on their ministering role or having mm -hmm. to check in on me. Or It's like whatever's hurting or inconveniencing people the least is the choice I wanted to do. And okay. this one seems that way. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, anything else you tell me about? kind of your that would be relative to your journey other than the fact that i really really genuinely prefer not being a member um like again there's a lot of steps along the way but it would take months to share it all um mm -hmm. can you help me can you help me understand um why because I feel like you are different, even though you do participate on the ex-Mormon sub. What what do you think makes you different in regards to your ability to talk or discuss Mormonism, especially with faithful members, including myself, without um, without name calling, without um, hostility? Yeah, without hostility. Like, what? Why do you think you're able to do that? And and maybe why do you think other people are not able to? Um. Well, one of the one of the things is it is just my personality. Um, everywhere I go, I tend to be more of a, like, I've been able to take Democrats and Republicans both in a heated flame war and have, um, like, good, friendly conversations with both sides. Um, and another part of it, though, that's kind of probably enhanced that a lot in me is I am a therapist, like okay. um, trained and licensed in that, um, which Very cool. does give me a, a lot of background in learning how to listen and recognize what people are meaning more than what they're saying and more of who they are rather than what they are. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'd say that probably helps. That's really cool. Can I ask, like, do you have your own practice or, or are you uh, active in your, is that your career? Like what's. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am. Uh, the, I work in a private practice. I'm technically a private contractor at a, um, at a practice near me. So. So does that entail getting a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and then the, the internship is that basically what it consists of correct um internships were kind of blended into the master's program so there you go and okay and are am i able to ask you how many clients you see like how many <laughs> active clients or, or if A not lot. if um, not you, yeah yeah especially following covid there's been a really upswing of people seeking therapy so um i had to shut off intakes because um that's good for you. I've not been able to see my clients 
for like two or two to four weeks at a time in between. So it's, Mm -hmm. um, so my client load is very large, larger than I can actually keep up with at a regular schedule for each of them. So, um, I don't know the exact number though. But still, if you can't keep up with it, that's really good for you business wise. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, but that's one of the things with therapy and counseling is that there's no, there's no shortage of need. Um, right. Sure. You, you never will get rich being a counselor, but you also always have work available. Yeah, that's true. Put food on the table. That's go. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, if uh, if there's anything else you'd tell me, I'd love to love to hear it. Um, if you have any questions about me, I know I know I wasn't the uh, the focus, or or that we haven't. You know. Well, we I I do have a question. Is what brings you to the ex Mormon subs? I love understanding how people think and why people leave and the rationale for their beliefs. And I love questioning them. I, I love having discussions. Uh, and it doesn't, like I said, you've seen, it doesn't always go over well, but every once in a while you find somebody like yourself. And I've, I've had, you know, dozens of other people just like you message me on the chat, you know, on Reddit. And yeah. I'm talking with this guy right now who, who uh, left the church and is now an atheist, uh, very different situation than what you are. But you know, I mostly post on there um, not to rile people up, but to get people thinking. And uh, a lot of people get upset, but every so often you find a person who really wants to talk, uh, which is a consequence of, of rather this, this is that in action, right? The reason that we're talking is because I posted on the chat and I just love having conversations, whether it be with an atheist or an evangelical or you know, Muslim, just whoever it is. I just think it's smart to talk and it helps me to learn more about them. helps me to learn more about myself, more about what I believe. Um, I don't think you can accurately say you understand something until you can defend it or teach it. And so I, I hope that, you know, I like to build bridges. I know I burn a lot of bridges on the ex Mormon uh, subreddit. There's a lot of people who recognize me because I just use one, I just use one account and that doesn't bother me because uh, frankly, I mean, it's anonymous. Nobody knows who anybody is. So that doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what it is. I, um, the gospel is my life. I, uh, was raised in the church, but didn't really, <clears throat> like a lot of people never learned for myself, I guess you could say until I started a full-time mission and, uh, had just a really positive impact on my life and changed my life and got really into the uh, academic side of, of the, of the faith, meaning understanding and and analyzing scripture. And I guess you could say apologetics, um, which, which I think can only go so far. I'm not, I'm not sure how I, it depends on how you want to define it, but because I think you can rush, you can rationalize anything on any Mm -hmm. position. So this is true. Yeah, so I so I understand that and uh but I I want to have a I want to have a a reason for why I believe. And so learning the ex-Mormon uh well, I don't know if I can generalize it that much, but learning about some of the reasons why people leave 
help me leave the faith helps me understand those points a little bit more. So uh, I would be surprised if there's anything that, that you are aware of that I'm also not because this is all I do, uh, you know, amongst other things, you know, amongst my family and, and my hobbies and stuff, but it's constantly on my mind. And uh, like I said, I, I've been basically banned from the uh, RLDS and the Latter-day Saints uh, forums because I question people on there as well. I question everybody. And if they say something that I, that I either disagree with or that I'm curious about how they came to the conclusion, I'll, I'll question it. And some people see that as, as non-faithful, non-faithful, but I think you got to be able to defend what you believe, whether it's atheism or <clears throat> I know atheism is not a belief. You believe you told me that before, but you know, no, but I, I get what you mean. You got to right. be able yeah. to justify yours, your stance. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I do that a lot and I've, I've, message the mods of both of them and a lot of them don't it's not that they don't like me they just don't like how i interact so <laughs> yeah any, well, anyway it will and um so just make sure i kind of picked up correctly you're saying kind of about the time that you went on your mission is where you really started to start to care yeah started to get more involved in it yeah i i had several spiritual experiences uh Probably starting my junior year in high school, my patriarchal blessing, um, you know, getting my mission call, you know, there's some there's some good experiences there. But it wasn't until I had to actually, because having served in Salt Lake, you run into tons of people um, like yourself who have been a part of the faith and who have read the CES letter or actually didn't learn about the CES letter until I got home. I learned about it in college. I had a friend who uh, who questioned about it. And anyway, but. Yeah, I didn't read it until I had left. Until after I had left. Yeah, yeah, and and I have lots of thoughts on that. I've, I actually started right a rebuttal to to it, and uh, only got through the first like twenty pages or whatever. But yeah, that would be very interesting to see, though. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to send it. I got to clean it up. It was probably two or three years <laughs> ago that I started it. But in first seeing you um, on. Uh... Well, on the X Warbit sub, you presented very much like a internet troll. Um, <laughs> I get that a lot. I actually, but, I, I, did you see my avatar? I recently changed it to a troll, like a little green guy. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. One of my, I don't know, hobbies, so to speak, is I. It's less of a hobby and more of a quest is to find people who are appearing unreasonable and then have reasonable discussions with them right <laughs> so sure. this i mean being able to talk with you has been quite surprising in that like oh well this is someone who actually genuinely does want to talk and doesn't just want to poke horns yeah. nest and watch the fly yeah. around in circles you know if i'm being honest like i get a kick out of some of the conversations i have on there like it's it's. I know it's not good of me. That's not a good motivation. But sometimes it is entertainment. Sometimes I'll. I'll just. And it's not. I will say this. Typically, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, my posts on there are genuine. But then when I start having people comment, uh, I think the natural man takes over, and I get a little bit frustrated. And so sometimes I'll, depending on the person and how they respond, like with you, right? When you when I message you. Yeah. I was not trying to troll you. I, I was genuinely curious, and, and you seem reasonable enough to where I could talk to you. But I, I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm just kind of sick of 
the hostility that I find. And again, like it's, it's like, I, I, I realize, like I said, the sharks and maybe that's not the best way to think about it, but, but I realize that there will be hostile people on there. Right. And I've even, I've even made posts about it. Right. And, and people have, you know, kind of explained why they may. And I, so I understand that, like I said, the trauma and, and I'm kind of entering into a safe space that people use to get over, uh, the trauma or, or I don't know if get over is the right word, but to get through some of that trauma. And so I'm coming, kind of, I'm kind of invading that space, yep. um, which is understandable, but I, I kind of am sick of people who just get upset right off the bat. So anyway, that's when you, when you say troll, like I, and like I said, I get that on the, on the, um, on the, well, I, I will say yeah. this troll as in not sincere, just looking to get a rise. Um, like even uh, yeah, like when you started conversing with me, like oh hey, I actually want to have a conversation. I'm like oh well, this is unexpected, yeah. but sure, let's go. I'm totally willing. If the person is willing, if the person is just getting upset, like I'll, I won't, I won't take it very seriously, or I won't respond yeah. right, or I'll push them, you know, to their limits. Basically, can um, I? I, yeah. I want to say this. Um, speaking as a as both a therapist and just someone who loves studying and learning human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and as an ex-Mormon, I guess, because one thing that not just Mormonism, but a lot of Christianity in general does is undervalue and invalidate anger mm-hmm. um, as an emotion. It's kind of, there's this concept that anger is bad and it's a, sign of being out of control or being a hostile or cruel person. And mm-hmm. um, if there's one thing I would like to, as a therapist, help people understand is that is not the case. Is anger can be a very healthy um, emotion. Mm. I think, did you make a video about this on your YouTube? I think I remember seeing something like that. Yeah, I did. Um the I don't know if you've actually watched it or just saw that it was there, but I I started watching. It's been a while since we started talking a couple months ago. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that is. There's a lot of science behind anger. Um, and anger is of course a very volatile emotion, which means that it can get you to behave irrationally. But it is also a source of a lot of. Well, strength, change, protection, motivation. Yeah, I don't deny that. I don't deny that at all. Well, and I feel like for you, too, the case maybe that is like you get... It sounds like you get frustrated with people just... Yes. Not listening, not <laughs> not trying to talk, not trying to understand. Yes, 100% I do. Yep, and that's very manifest in, in my interactions on the on the sub subreddit. Um, and I, I will, um, cause I'm sure you can see my comment history. Um, I don't know if you've looked at it, but I, I will say this. Um, I use Exmo sub as a place to let off steam, to vent. Um, then the Mormon sub I use more as I focus that more on kind of supporting whoever is posting and kind of supporting them how I can, and then if I ever comment on the Latter-day Saint sub, it is 
um, much more to just try to help people, especially people who have, um, who are going through issues who say, hey, I need advice on this, and all they get is the advice to read and pray. It's just like, hey, here's some good emotional advice as well to kind of support you. Because yeah. um, I think that's important as well. Absolutely. Um, is there any other any other questions you have for me? Uh, not, just... a, not at the moment. Okay. Well, maybe we can uh, maybe we can dive into some of the topics. Let's see. Do you know how long we've been talking for, or how how late you want to go? Honestly, right now I'm in a chatty mood, so I okay. don't know how long we've been going, but I am okay with continuing for a while. I'm good. Um, like I said, I I don't have any plans tonight. So. All right. So. <clears throat> Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe let's cap it at, looks like it's been 35 minutes. Let's say two hours max. Yeah, that sounds good. Usually if it goes longer than that, even if you're still chatty, it's like, yeah, some of the value goes Mm -hmm. down at that point. I do have a question for you. Would you consider, um, posting this on the ex-Mormon sub? Or do you have the ability to do that? Um, I, I think... At least the regulars on there, I think, would appreciate it because they they may be familiar with me, um, or maybe not. You know, do there's you a want lot. to state what your handle is out loud? Uh, yeah, HTC eighteen thirty. All right on uh, on Reddit. So anyway, yeah, I think that would be great. I'd love to have more conversations on there. Uh, there are a lot of people who who obviously won't know who I am, but I'm. It'd be fun to talk with those who do know who are familiar with me posting because I don't I don't do it every day, but. You know, once a week or you know, twice a month, maybe I'm I'm posting on there. So anyway, that'd be cool. Gotcha. So you wanted to talk about morality? It sounds like morality or uh, evidence of the Book of Mormon. I think would be awesome. Either one. Hey, you pick. Um, uh, let's okay. Let's do morality first, and if we have if we have time, then we can sure. jump to the Book of Mormon. And if you want to jump to anything else, I'm I'm down just to talk about anything. Okay. So my uh, original point. And I've posted actually let me let me let me pull it up if if you don't mind. I means I ha I just made a post on uh the ex Mormon subreddit about Joseph Smith. Let's see here. Post. Okay, so I said okay, so this was four days ago. Two hundred and seventy nine comments. And the Ooh. It only has a thirty-two percent upvote rate, <laughs> and it's which is which happens almost every time. Uh, but the I'm actually surprised it's that high. Yeah, <laughs> if it's anything pro-church on the Exmo sub. I'm surprised it's that high. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, so the title says, "If God doesn't exist, why is anything Joseph Smith did wrong?" In quotation marks. And so the body says, mm. I, "I often hear disaffiliated members of the and I I put the TSCC." because I kind of like to speak the lingo of my audience. Gotcha. So, uh, of the church, uh, disaffiliated members of the church called Joseph out for things he did in his life. A lot of these critics also consider them, consider themselves atheists or at least agnostic. And we can talk about the difference between those or if there's a difference. Uh, so the uh, bottom question is what actually, what or rather was Joseph actually wrong in his actions or is that just an opinion? And I just had so many people and anyone who's listening right now can go look at the look at the uh, thread. I have so many people who are basically saying like, 
of course it's wrong. Like you don't need God to be wrong. And, but they're, they're talking past the argument though. And, and you and I kind of talked about it and I think we came to an agreement, right? Like depending on your definition of morality, what he did could be considered, uh, well, at least not immoral, uh, in any case. Uh, um, yeah. Well, um, at least, um, if you want to go that route, let's follow the chain again. Cause I don't remember exactly where, where we had gotten in that previous conversation either. And yeah. Yeah. Well, we can start the beginning. So, so anyway, do you have a response to that or, or. Oh, a response to what, what he was immoral, whether what he did was immoral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, immoral or wrong or whatever you want to call it. Well, I guess two things on that. Um, it is immoral under his own framework, so it is um, kind of self-implosive. Okay. Um, so, if the church is true, then it is immoral. And if it is immoral, then the church is not true. Um, so okay, kind so, of I, so, I would, so I would disagree with, with that. The church doesn't hold itself to infallible people or perfect people. So, so hypothetically... Well, okay, I guess I should clarify... Yeah. Yeah, because because my um, again, I had known a lot about Joseph Smith prior to that did not shake my faith. Mm-hmm. For me, the big key is the Book of Mormon. And did he fraudulently create right. that? Right. Um, then, yeah, there you go. That's the that's the key for me. Um, okay. And the rest, honestly, kind of being out of the church. I kind of look at the rest and be like, well, eh, I really should have, I, I should have let that have a bit more weight. That should have had more weight. Um, so, but. so here, here's my, here's my, my issue with everybody on the, sure. uh, on the thread is you're speaking as an atheist or someone who doesn't affirm that there's a God, right? Or doesn't, how, how would you? Yeah, I don't, that? I don't affirm that there's a God. Okay. In so, fact, I I would say that there's, I have not seen good reason or evidence for having a god. Okay. And did you feel this way since you since you were old enough to like understand no, who God is? Or this this is more following my departure of the church. So, um, kind of figuring out where I lie, what I believe in, you know, post Mormonism. So okay. within the past within the past year. Okay, so like when you were on your mission, you, you oh yeah, firmly believed that there was God. Firmly believed that He was necessary. Firmly believed that He had inspired, spoken to me. Um, okay, so what evidences did you affirm or support on your mission? And I use that because that's a probably a faithful time of your of your life, right? Yeah. Um. So, spiritual experiences, um, okay. personal spiritual experiences that were very, very strong for me. Um, and that as well as, um, as logical deductions, as well as, um, as well as what I saw as, well, many evidences in the world and, and the universe. So, yeah. Okay. So Um, the Book of Mormon was, was included there that if the Book of Mormon was true, then. Yeah. The Book of Mormon was true to me. I genuinely believe that it was true. Okay, and is this? Do would you say you believed it was true because you didn't actually know 
the genesis or the uh, the origin rather the origin of the of the book as in like I didn't know that it was fraudulent because no right. I did not believe it was fraudulent I don't think but, you could but did you know I guess I may maybe I need to understand like what did your friend show you those years ago that you started to be like like was it is it plagiarism is it you know contradictions like what specifically did you not know about them or did you just explain them away as a missionary you know what i mean or was it it, there, there, there were there were a number of the issues with the book bone that i had not been okay um, quite most most of them i would say um there were there were a number of them i had come across and i just was able to say nah that's it doesn't make sense. Um, I, I will also say that this friend coming to me was coming from a very faithful stance of was in distress and was saying, I need to be able to hold on to this. But the more I try to find answers, the more contradictions I find, the more issues I find. Um, and this person put hundreds of hours into trying to convince themselves that the find ways to convince themselves that the Book of Mormon still could be true. Um, okay. Is there, I know we're kind of crossing topics now. We got, we were, sure. we started morality, but now we're Book of Mormon. I'd love to know what you feel are the most damning. Um, and actually this is a post I made on, on uh, X Mormon subreddit. What's the most damning pieces of information or truths or whatever well, about the Book of Mormon? Um, like, like what, can what, what we, are can, some, Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, can we um, kind of table that um, because I do want to kind of hear what you have to say about um, you were saying that you had a the thing that you have a problem with with the people responding to your thing um, to your post, but just oh, yeah. a quick it, kind of a quick blanket thing is I do not feel like there was any one thing about it that was this kicked it. Um, mm-hmm. Because again, I I feel like any one thing could there could be some apologetic answer for, sure. But it was the the fact that there is so many pieces of evidence together. It just starts painting a okay pretty clear picture. But okay, yeah, and I'd love to get yeah. into those. And yeah, I'm sure. and I'm not here to like I said tell you you're wrong, but I I'd love to flesh out some of those and understand why you feel like they are so damning towards the validity of the Book of Mormon. Because, like I said, uh, I I know the same things that you do, but I don't don't take it in that way. So maybe trying to decide, you know, what's the difference between you and I? Why, you know, am I I naive or am I dishonest, right? Those are kind of the two answers in my mind. Either I'm I'm naive and I want to believe, so I just discredit it, or I know it's wrong and I'm I'm being dishonest about, you know, about the truth. That's so fair. I, that's a fair um, conclusion. Or so I'm trying to figure out. It. So, so I, I hope you would know that I'm not, I'm not trying to be dishonest. You well, know, and I, I hope you know that I also, I don't mind if you tell me I'm wrong. Like that's, well, no. I'm, I'm not the type of person to get upset. So if there's a point where I say something and you're like, heck no, that's wrong. Well, I'll tell you if I disagree with it, but I'll also justify why. And I, and I won't. My, how do I say this? I would more. I'm I'm less concerned about being right and proving you wrong, and more so. I'd love to know why you believe what you believe. Okay. Because I I think and I think I said this to you before in in our chat is, 
I, I'm convinced that if I believed what you believed, I would come to the same conclusions that you have and hopefully vice versa. Right. So, yeah. So I'm trying to well, figure I out. I feel like my conclusions were very similar to yours back before I did leave. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So maybe we can talk about some of those. Um, do we want to go back to morality? This, this yeah, time? there was, um, I don't know if you've lost the thought you were saying something about the thing that bothers you about people all the people who responded to you on your post. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so here's my thought. It's it's the simple idea that those who are claiming morality doesn't exist are using words like wrong and bad. And, I mean, any any word that only has meaning, at least in my mind, that if there is an objective standard. Like, for example... Yeah, and I use the lion analogy on that thread quite a bit. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, many people. I don't. I don't. I didn't see this thread. So okay, no. let me. Um, here, let me. Let me. I'm going to link it to you in the Discord. Um, yeah. many uh, people basically came out on the thread and said, like, if you need God to tell you if something's wrong, then like you're not a very good person. Uh, along yeah. those lines, and my first, my first red flag in there is. Okay, why are you using the term good person? Like <laughs> like the term good doesn't make any sense if you're claiming to be an atheist. And I use the lion analogy. I, I basically say, look, what if I'm a lion and there's a gazelle on the ground and there's another lion and we fight over or or say say I'm a human, right? If I'm a human and there's food on the ground and I kill someone else because I want the food, we would say that's wrong. Most people would agree, even on the ex-Mormon subreddit. But then I turn it around and say, what if I was a lion and there's another lion and we both um, fought for the food and I killed the other lion? Would that be wrong? And most people would say, well, no. And my question is, well, why not? If we, if you don't believe in a God, then why are we more valuable or accountable than lions are? Meaning if we're all stardust, then then does that make sense? And I, I think that is a very good question that far too few people ask. Um, so my I, issue is people using morality terms while stating morality doesn't exist. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, although I feel like you do make one mistake is that mm -hmm. they don't state that morality does not exist. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah that's, that's fair. That's I, fair. I, do think, I do think that most people do not understand or have a clear basis, um, philosophical basis for their morality. They just instinctively kind of have this feeling of this is and isn't moral. Which um, is funny they, because that fulfills LDS thought or doctrine in that we all have the light of Christ in us, right? That's that's part of our, in my mind, that fulfills the fact that people can come onto the subreddit and say, no, it's still wrong to kill even if there's no God, tells um, me that they have the light of Christ in them from an LDS perspective. Yeah, right? from an LDS perspective. And for me, uh, from a... Mm -hmm. more more atheist perspective again there's nuance to that word but sure. um that just tells to me that that's that's evolutionarily beneficial that's a very intelligent thing for a organism to naturally instinctively have mm -hmm. just like a rooting reflex is natural and instinctual if you know if there's something that touches a infant on the side of their cheek they're naturally going to mm -hmm. um try to suck at it, so because that's how they stay alive. Sure. Um, and so. I think that there's some merit to that. I'm, I'm not, 
I don't deny the idea that we are um, evolutionary beings. I don't. I don't think that's contradictory to what I believe. Sure. So um, anyway, anyway. So yeah. Anyway, so for you, I I I agree that most of these people who comment and respond to you probably do not have an understanding of the philosophy and the the depth of what they what their words imply. Sure, um, and there are a few people. I, I I will admit there are a couple of people who dive in super far. Um, so not everyone. It's not everyone. Yeah, and and for me, I I've always been more of a philosophically minded person. So I have dived into that, and I still dive into that to try to further piece apart what my morality is and why and things like that. Okay, and I love to understand understand that as somebody who studied it coming from you. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. How, how would you? And I guess my my concern is. There is, and I think you and I even talked about this on our chat. There is no objective morality, right? Would you agree with that? Um. Well, yes and no. Okay. Um. There is no. I I like to say morality is an experience, not an entity. Um. So there's okay. not like some mysterious bubble in the universe that equals morality, whether that's a god or whether that's a, um. But there is, there are facts of existence. Um, that which, that which, um, can persist does exist. Um, okay. Kind of the well, if people are the type of people who kill kill each other at, on a whim or over a little bit of food, they won't exist. Um, then yeah, eventually they'll kill themselves off, and only the type of people who don't do that are the type that remain. Okay. Um. So. So morality, as a. This is the thing, the right thing in all cases, in all history, and all future. No, I do not think that exists. Um, but there is the morality that's. Um, if you do not do certain things, if you do not follow certain things, well, you will naturally die by the wayside. Um, so. And is that good or bad? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, actually, no, that, that's a, that's a good question. Is yeah. that's, that genuinely is a good question. Um, is that good or bad? Um, and. What I have to say is it depends on what your goal is. Yes, I would agree with that. 100%. Um, yeah, so for me, I've had to think about that. It's like, hey, what do I want my goals to be now that my goal isn't Celestial Kingdom? Mm -hmm. um, um, and I, I would say my goal is I like the idea of life and complexity persisting. Um, Okay. So, I feel like my morality is my philosophical morality is anything that genuinely supports the long term um, growth of and growth and spread of life. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, no, go ahead. You have a no, no, no. That was good. No, I don't want to cut you off. 
well, I'm not sure if I had a good continuation to that. But, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so basically I feel like in the, oh man, there gets a lot more philosophy where this will kind of opens into that's probably too much for this, but just a kind of a short glimpse is I feel like a very strong emphasis in respecting every human life and understanding other people's ideals and ideas and thoughts and experiences, I think are some of the most important things we can do to further our species and further, further life. So, um, sorry, did I cut you off? Nope, you didn't cut me off. Go ahead. So I, I don't mean for this to be a tangent. We don't really have to talk about this a long time. If your goal is to further life, then you would be also, you'd be opposed to abortion then. Is that true? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, okay, so that seems a little bit contradictory. Well, I guess first off, why so? If your goal is to further life, then killing life, or potential, even potential life, even if you don't consider it a life, uh, would be contradictory to the purpose of, of what you just stated. In other words, if, if what is good is to further life and preserve life, how, how does abortion, how does abortion um, fit into that? Or how is abortion not bad, if you will, or wrong, according to the yeah. standard that you've given? Yeah, so um, abortion, well, I will say on that one, I, um, I don't take a very firm stance on that yet because I recognize a lot of the arguments on both sides. I, well, you, I do take, you can't I, you you can't really take a hard stance if your goal is to preserve life, <laughs> right? That doesn't make any sense. Um, well, am actually, I mis- or am I misunderstanding that? I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, you are misunderstanding this: is that the goal is to preserve, is to preserve this species, the continuation of life, the continuation of especially ideas and experience. Okay, um, so to to preserve the group, not the individual, is that right? Yeah, in the long run, yeah. Um, okay, so you okay, so that we would totally disagree on that. That the the value of the individual is more important than the value of the group. Would you you would say it's the opposite then? I, I, yes, um, with okay. a really with a bit, really big asterisk there. Sure. In that, generally speaking, that the best way to support the group is to support individuals. Um, but that's not okay. always the case. I don't think you would disagree with me that. Um, it is best to take people who are very right. antisocial or sure. And by antisocial, I guess I mean the more clinical term, the people who are damaging to society, either through right. theft or, or murder. We wouldn't or just kill them. Right. But that at least they should be isolated from society. Um, now that's not meaning to compare the, that to abortion. As far as, as far as abortion, here's here's a question for you. Sure. Um, what is it that is sacred or special about life? Is it the existence of a life in the first place, or is it more the um, the value that each life can offer to you, or is it more the experience that that person has and their their um, cognizance, their yeah, that's yeah. a really good question. I think we gain our value from our 
our intrinsic we have intrinsic value because of our identity. In other words, uh, for example, let me make it more secular or more more either way non- non-religious, right? If if I threw a gold bar down in front of you and I just left it there, you would probably pick it up because it has intrinsic value, right? Ooh. So oh, no, <laughs> so because you can well, you can use gold for different things. Um, or, or because others value it, it's um, um, uh, yes, okay, gold, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than in like electronics and certain like high tech uses, gold, oh, well, and then I guess aesthetics, it can be very physically, like visually pleasing. Other okay, than that, gold okay, so is useless except for the value that we place upon it. Okay, let's use water then. If, if I, <laughs> if, if we, and here's a hypothetical for you, right. You, if you had no other access to water, you you would uh, you would use that water, or you would. Well, and I would still I would still take the gold bar too. I think that right value culturally placed is still genuine value. Sure, Um, but the value water is yeah. The value of water is a a very biological value, so it is biologically valuable to me. Okay, well, how would you define intrinsic? Like, if I said something, or would, can you give me an example of something that is, has intrinsic value? Um, I'm not sure I can. Okay, so you don't believe anything has intrinsic value? Um, Some, that something uh, like, is valuable just because of what it is. That's what I'm asking. Um, everything depends on context. So, gold is valueless to a thirsty person in the desert. Doesn't mean anything. You don't want to tote heavy gold around when you need water. Um, water is valueless to someone who's living on a lake. Um, but but you know what I'm saying is, uh, I think water... So let's scratch the gold idea, right? That, yeah. that, would, be, that would be more contextual in, in with, a society. Well, water is contextual too. Well, I don't think so, because water you need water in every single circumstance. Whether it be yeah. from a lake or whether it be you on a deserted island. If you I'm need... a biological organism, organism that is requiring water, yes. Right, which I'm talking about you, you and I, like as, as people. I'm saying that the identity uh, of a baby or of a human, we should say, right? We're talking about abortion, a baby or a fetus or potential life or whatever you want to call it. Sure. That it has intrinsic value just because of what it is. And... And in my own, in my own personal morality, I do to a degree uh, agree with that. Like there are some things that I value just because I value them, right? Um, and to some extent, that is true also with a fetus. Is I do place some value on a fetus not because it has any functional value, but more just because that's what I care about. Right. Okay. So, so my question would be: in what, um, in what circumstances would it be okay? if, if a baby has value to you? Yes. Like, for example, like a pencil wouldn't have value to you. Like, you would snap a pencil in half without a thought, right? But to snap a baby's neck in the womb, you probably wouldn't, unless you had a good reason to do so. Is that fair to say? Um. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Um, so, some or or be okay with it. Maybe is that a better way to say it? Um. 
Like my question yeah, at, at this is, point, it be, it, there becomes a conflict of values because I do have an okay. intrinsic value for fetus. I have a very strong intrinsic value for for human life and experience. So I, I think each human has an intrinsic value just because they're human. They don't need to be anything to have value. But okay. I also, I also, and that's my personal preference. So um, is there any is there any justification for that? Because like for me, I'd say they are um, right. They're a child of God, or they they have godly roots in them, or or they have the seeds of godhood. Therefore, that itself contains value worth protecting. Right. That's that's the. Typical. I I I think to some degree that that value I place on it is simply biological and or cultural. But to okay. another degree, I can justify it um, philosophically. Um, but I, I recognize that a lot of that does come down to a philosophical justification because I want to value life. Um, okay. So in what circumstances would it be okay? And this is talking about right on the topic of morality. In what circumstances? No, I'm not asking for a comprehensive list, but some examples of when would it be appropriate to to terminate a potential human life. If your goal, right, because you set the you set the standard of morality as being preserving life. Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that fair to say? Did I understand that correctly? The continuation of life. Continuation um, of life. Yeah. Or, so when so yeah. so in so the foundation of continuing life is having children, right? Of a species. To having offspring. So my and question to an is extent, yeah. Okay. So my question would be in what circumstances would it be okay? Or what in, in what circumstances would it be good? or admissible or moral to end a potential human life if the goal of morality or if what makes something moral is the continuation of life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, the continuation of life, as I'm talking about it, is, again, more the group, the long-term scale. Um, if you think about it as, I mean, you could take it as far as saying humans humans and or other other forms of life spreading across the entire universe. Um, okay. And abortion does not particularly um, threaten that. How how many abortions would it take before you say it's not good? So like, well, if it's if it's threatening the population, then that'd be a point where I'd say, hey, we need to do something about this. Okay, so is it would it be admissible? And I tell I'm giving you a total hypothetical just to kind of gauge where your morality stands. Sure. If I if I'm if I'm a, and I'll use an extreme to to see where your principle stands or, or where you're. Yeah, I get you. Right. If I'm nine months pregnant and the baby's due tomorrow, and I decide to have an abortion, is that morally admissible? Uh, you know, to have the abortion, not because it yeah. was rape, incest, any of that, health of the mother, the baby's going to be fine. It, you're saying I, it is morally. I gotta, I gotta say, yeah. I, I appreciate the quality of your questions. Um. Because like you're saying, most, it's you're most, saying it's okay. most people. Yeah. Most people don't take this to this. Ex- don't see the moral implications, and I know the ones that you are kind of pointing right. towards. As far as as far as for me goes, um, I've I have a a visceral distaste for that. Okay. Um, but I I do not feel like I have the right to tell someone else that is not something you can do. I'm saying if it was you. 
if it was me, I would probably not abort a child. But um, would it be morally admit? Would it be morally admissible if you did so? Would it be a more morally would admissible it, if I did? Yes. Um, it's again, you're kind of um, conflating two different parts of this. Um, okay, I help me understand. That distinct. Yeah, there, there is that visceral emotional experience, which is morality. Like feeling something is moral, is not the same as it being theoretically, philosophically moral. So, would it feel immoral to me? Probably. Okay. Um, if my wife, when we had a nine-month pregnant um, child. And she decided, hey, I do not want this child. I want to abort it. Mm -hmm. um, it would pain me quite greatly. But, but, but I assume that you would attribute is, that pain to biology and your attachment to the child, you know, on, a, on an evolutionary level. Is that right? Um, eventually boils down to evolutionary, but I would just say more higher level is on an emotional, um, okay. personal level, it would it would be very painful. Um, and I, I do not think she'd be the type of person to do that, but were she to say that, um, I would... When you say that type I would, of I would support her. I would support her right to choose that, even though it would not be a choice that I would like. Okay. And so here's my follow-up question. What if... Um, <clears throat> what What's the difference in regards to... Let's say you had a baby, and I don't know if you have kids, and I'm not asking that question. But if if she did have a baby, or or let's say if like if a one you, year old or something like that. Well, let's just say just born. Let's let's say you're a female. Hypothetical. Let's put you in, in her shoes because because I think there's something to be. It's a separate argument when we talk about the rights of others, right? But if it's you, yeah, and sure. and your argument is, well, I have the right to to do what I want, basically, even even kill a nine month old child in the womb, right? What if it's born? And immediately you 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 wish to end the life of that child. If is I that, wished, if I wished to, end if you, the yeah, life if, of you, that if you were, if you were the woman giving birth, and the uh, the child was born, right? Because you, so, you said uh, again, yeah. you framing this in terms of if I was the person with yes. the child. That's yeah. that, that I don't think that helps very much because again, I I genuinely think morality is a large part experiential and emotional and emotionally and experientially i cannot see myself ever coming to that um conclusion but if i were to be around i'm saying is i'm saying is there that, anything wrong is there anything wrong with killing a child that's dependent on the mother right because a newborn can't uh take care of itself it's dependent on the mother or another human being so there um, has to be there has to be societally there has to be arbitrary lines that we eventually set arbitrarily. Um, I'm, so, I'm, but, I, but I'm saying according to your morality. Well, yeah, so, so, get, so give me a minute. This is, this is okay. part of it. Okay. So at some point, if we have a society where we can't just kill each other in the species, we have to set arbitrary lines of saying, okay, this is the point where we consider this a life, and this is the point where we don't. And no matter where you set that line is arbitrary. And if you have arguments against that, I would love to explore that. But um, okay. 
might wherever you say life begins, it is an arbitrary choice. Um, what if I said life begins? We have... I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Sorry. Okay, I got yeah, so many you, questions. You, it's you, good. You, no, you can, you can come <laughs> back to that. So yeah, yeah. at some point we have to set a, a choice. And mm-hmm. I feel like setting that choice at birth is makes the most sense because now you have taken away the conflicting moral of a woman's right to choose with her own body. And so it's a good point with still in very real sense arbitrary because a baby's a baby whether they're two months from pregnancy or two months after pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, from birth. But the... Um, so I'd say after birth I feel like that is a very good an appropriate line to draw to say, hey, it does not take over anyone else's life and experience. No, it totally does, though. Uh, have you ever taken care of a newborn? Totally <laughs> takes over your no. life. No, okay, there's there's that too. Um, <laughs> 100% it does, and I, I've only done it once, but I know, I know that it does. Even just doing it one time, you cannot do anything without considering the child. <clears throat> so it does. I understand that, and there's um, some degree of whether it's moral or not to give parents permission to um to leave their children to the state or foster home or whatever. But somebody still has to take care of the child. Right? So it's you know, whether it be the and mother that, and at that, that point that will be someone's someone's choices choice or the society's choice rather than one individual. Um what do you mean society's choice? Like the government so or society's choice to support laws and taxes that go towards foster foster care or things like that. But what I'm asking is, it sounds like you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, sounds like you're saying it's okay to take it in the womb because it's the mother's body, right? I'm saying at, while it's in the womb, there is a conflict of, there's a conflict of values there. Um, okay, but I would I would argue that the same conflict of values are out of the womb because that baby cannot survive without somebody taking, uh, taking care of it 24 seven. You cannot leave a newborn baby by itself for more than a couple minutes until it needs something. Okay. So I kind of heard it coming out of your mouth earlier, earlier. So where would yeah. you say the line should be drawn? Oh, oh, I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to ask what if I, what if I said life begins at five years old? Like you're saying okay, it's arbitrary. So, so yeah, that's, that's an arbitrary, that's an arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah, or what if um, I said, you know, what if I said there was no such thing as life? You know, then does that in in your paradigm that gives me the right to to kill? If I if if it's all if it's all it doesn't give you right to, it doesn't give you the right to kill if we stop you. No, it totally does. You you may try to stop me, but I still have the right to do it. You have the right to make the choice to do it, and we have the right to make the choice to stop you. Oh, I would totally agree with that, right? But I'm not talking about what's lawful or what society wants. I'm talking about what is moral. What is moral is that's against my morality. And since it's against my morality and society's morality... But if it's not then, against mine, then it's not actually wrong. Do you see the conundrum here? Do you see? I don't believe this. I'm arguing a point that I don't believe in. No, I, I, I get you. What sense. I'm saying is... Um, I'm saying that is contextual. Because... Okay. Um, like, is it wrong to go and shoot a Nazi? To shoot a what? To shoot a Nazi. Oh, shoot a Nazi. Okay. Wrong? Um, are you asking according to my morality? 
I and I I'm get I'm saying um basically I'm pointing out that there is there is context. Well, I would I think to be consistent context. sure, but to be consistent uh I don't think you could shoot a Nazi unless they're 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 presenting an imminent danger to yourself or to somebody else. Like if you just see a Nazi walking down the street, I don't think it's okay, moral to shoot them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fair. And again, that comes to context. Is hey, they're in imminent danger? Then yes. If they're not, then no. Um, but there's a lot but, of people who would say morality, that no morality what, yeah, has yeah. has always been contextual. I and uh, it has yeah. always been societally derived. I uh, yeah, that's I mean, true. I challenge yeah, and I challenge anyone to say. Hey, this is a moral that is not societally derived, and people mm-hmm. always say murder is the one, and then I have many challenges to that. They're just like, yeah, murder itself is very societally chosen of whether or not it is moral. So, so if you go to Nazi Germany and you're in a society that looks to Hitler as a leader, they in that, in that society is moral. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. So I think so. I think that's a common ground that we're finding, is that morality is only subjective if there is no objective, mm-hmm. i.e., God. Right. Yeah. So well. Okay. So there's there's and I think we got into this on the um in the chat. Mm-hmm. So there's there's two different main categories for the morality. There is the experience of morality, which is 100 percent subjective. Um, okay. or probably a hundred percent of subjective. Um, we'll ask just there that I should probably consider that statement before I completely um marry it. But um, there's the there is the evolutionary origin of morality, and that I I don't think is subjective as more of inevitable. Okay, um, I, and see, I I can agree to that to some extent. I like I said I do believe that we are evolutionary people. Like I, yeah. I don't I don't necessarily believe because I don't know all the the science on like did we come from fish or did we come from rocks or are we stardust or I don't I don't make claims that way. But I do make claims that we um, adapt or if you want to call it evolve, right? Because the way that we live our lives is way different than they lived, you know, let's say five thousand years ago, right, or however long ago, we hey, fifty wanna. years ago. Yeah, even 50 years ago, right? So I do believe uh, in evolution in that point. And I also, and here, here's where it gets sticky, you know, maybe on my side is, I also do believe that there are, uh, what's the best way to say this? That we don't play, all, we don't always play by the same morality that God plays by. Meaning, right, the uh, typically we would so let, so let's say like Nephi and Laban right cuts his head off in our society contextually that we, we would say that is wrong Laban did not pose a threat to him it was not um, self defense but it was Nephi being prompted in an LDS viewpoint from God Himself from the Holy Ghost um, and the idea that God can command at certain times things to be considered moral when out of that context they would not does that make well, sense 
Yeah, um, well, quick aside, one of my yes. justifications for the, that back in the day was um, yeah. killing a Flavin was not murder, it was assassination. Um, okay, but, <laughs> I've never thought about it like that. Um, okay. If you think about it, it was a foreign nation because they had created their own nation, and he was a... He was so it'd be, like killing, it'd be like killing Hitler if Hitler was drunk in front of you during, during Nazi Germany. I mean, it was sort of, or like sending in a, an assassin to go, um, to go, yeah, kill, uh, like, Osama bin Laden. Like, hunt him down and assassinate him. Okay, um, even if he's not pointing a gun at you, just by him living is a threat. Is that kind of what you're saying? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, again, a prior sure. justification I had given when I was TBM. Right. Um, but the but i i would say that that illustrates a very important thing about your morality is your morality is only one law and that is if god says it it's good yes okay. but i do believe that there are some things that he cannot deem as moral like murder uh no not murder i i would consider okay. murder to and the definition yeah go ahead no, so like, yeah, I I want to clarify. I knew that mm -hmm. was your answer, but I want to mm -hmm. make sure that we set that goalpost there. It's like, okay, murder is a pretty big one, and God can say yes and no on that one. So, what other ones are more? What is more firm than that? Uh, well, I think it goes back to our definition of what murder is. I would say murder is the. Uh, is one human being killing another innocent human being. And I, I would say that if God's involved, it would still be killing, but it wouldn't be deemed as, as murder. Um, Does that because, make sense? Because God declares them non-innocent? Um, not necessarily. And I, and I don't Why know. All, and I don't know all of the times that God has commanded someone to be killed. Uh, but Kind of the idea of God created the life, so he is able to remove it. And it's not a moral wrong for, for the painter to, to rip up his painting. And I, think, and I think another thing to be said is, you know, LDS people would say, as you know, that there is a higher set of laws that are, that are binding to God himself, that he became who he is because he's willing to live those laws. I think that there are, like, like the Nephi, uh, Example, there are situations where the laws that he has asked us to live do not apply to him, uh, and that would be that would be one of them. Now, when it's appropriate for God to kill, I do not know, and I don't claim to know every circumstance and when it would be appropriate. Um, I think self-defense. Well, well, he, I guess he's given us he's given us, if you will, and even legally, we've given ourselves the right. If you've if you've been watching the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trials. Oh. So I again, though the the important question here is, yeah, which morals are not contextual upon him saying yes or no? Um, I would pro. I mean, if you want to, I probably can't give you a comprehensive list. I just the, want one, just one. Yeah, one. The, the first one that comes to mind um, would be, uh, let's say, rape. I, I okay. don't I don't know in any circumstance where God would command somebody to assert themselves sexually over another human being without the consent of that person. So, I mean, there's a few examples I can think of. Sure, um, and I'd love to look at the context of those and and all. Yeah, sure. I mean, but you probably know them, um, or at least 
Yeah, you probably know. I mean, there's sure. the instance where um, Abraham is commanded to lie about his wife being his sister so that Pharaoh will sleep with her. And then, I mean, that's... Um, can you tell me the reference to that? I'd love to look at that. Do you know what it is? Um, it you can Google that quickly. Abraham. Um, is it is it God? It, and I, I'm trying to think about the context. Is it God telling him to lie? I so, but you can you can double check. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what verse it would be. Um, just oh, here I can. Uh, it should be pretty easy to find it just by googling. Um, yeah, that's what I'm trying to look up. Here. Um, because so, so while you're while you're looking that up, another thing that comes to me, another thing that that God could not do is lie himself. So I'm so I'm looking so I'm trying to figure out how he could justify that for Abraham, or if that was uh, well, or if that I, was... I feel like I feel like God lying himself is is definitely something that could be done. I mean, he'll say he'll say, "Hey, I'm going to kill these people," and then um, and then he's prayed to and told, "Please don't," and he says, "Okay, I won't," um, because he prayed to me or whatever, um, but. One of those has to be a lie because God knew what was going to happen. Uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to look at that case by case of what what you're talking about, which which situation. And I'm I'm not opposed to being wrong on this one, but yeah. I'd really love to look at it case by case. Anyway, did you find the Abraham one? Um, just a second. Um, looks like way. Genesis chapter twelve. Okay, Genesis twelve. Do you know how we're doing on time? Uh, let's see. This is very interesting, so I might be willing to go over, but um, what? Oh, uh, one twenty. Uh, we're at, oh, so an hour twenty, sir. Hour twenty. Okay. Um, so it's Genesis twelve. Let's see. Um, but I probably have better examples than just this one, so maybe not. Sure. Um, but might as well at least explore it and see if this is a good example yeah. or not. Um, yes. So at least in this translation that I just found quickly through Googling, it looks like it was Abraham's choice, not God's. So there's that. Okay. So, um, so well, what, what about... Was it, what was the outcome? Remind me. Uh, we were talking about rape, oh, right? Well, well I, I assume you remember what the outcome is, um, that Pharaoh was cursed for this. Um, I'm, oh, I'm trying to look at the verses, though. Which, which verses are we looking at? The Lord um, plagued Pharaoh, think, verse 17. It's like 17. Okay, yeah. yeah, treated. Okay. Um So so you think that rape is one of those that God would pick is one of those that God would would you say would not put as contextual I, or could not put could, as contextual? Could not. Kind of the Elias idea that if if God did certain things, he would cease to be God, right? And I think Okay, I so think, you think so what about when he commands the um, the Israelites to kill everyone except the virgins and then to take them? Is that is that considered rape or is that just considered taking women and holding on to them until they're willing to consent? Um, is there is there a verse we can go to? I don't I don't like to. No, that's fair, and I yeah. I appreciate the because I can make mistakes in these. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't like making judgments until I until I actually read it. 
um, because consider you know depending on how you want to interpret the language. Well, and, and I got this know. last one wrong. It's it's always yeah. fair to check the sources. Yeah, um, I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not holding that against you at all. I, I'm willing to look at anything to be honest. Um. Okay, what am I what am I googling? You said. Um. Yeah. Let me just see. God commanded, and maybe I'll just look up God commanded. If I type in. Let's see. And and so let me let me say this um, just to clarify. I don't know if uh, it's the uh, now. Hear me out. Don't don't sure. sound don't sound bite this and don't take this out of context. Uh, I'm not again. Sure. I'm leaving. I'm letting you have the full <laughs> recording as well, so that there is okay. no there's no question for whether this is. I yeah. I don't want to be the type of person to even be available to accuse of. Right, foul play. So, so let me let me finish my full thought, and I, I think it'll make more sense then because okay. I'm going to say something, and and you may say, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong with him?" What I'm going to say is, I'm not sure if the action, uh, and I will may be wrong. I'm just trying to think this out in my brain. Never thought about it this way. Maybe it's not the action of rape that is wrong, but it's the taking away of someone's agency. And, and I'm not I'm not denying that there's other things wrong with rape because there probably is. But what yeah, I'm saying is. If there's if there's one line of reasoning that I can at least follow on this is, uh, for example, with abortion, the LDS Church would say that there are some circumstances in which the agency of the mother is more valuable than the life of the child. For example, if she is raped, the church would say that she has grounds, you know, through prayer and through through counseling with, you know, if she has a husband or family or or a priesthood leader or whatever, um, or trust someone that she trusts. That she ultimately would have grounds. It doesn't. It wouldn't uh, guarantee it every time, but it, she would have grounds to abort the child because it was not her decision. And I, there's a quote from Elder uh, Elder Oaks one one time. I can't remember where it was, where he explained when somebody asked him, "Why do we give any if if life is sacred? Why do we give any um, uh, exceptions to abortion?" And this was his answer: that there are some things regarding agency that we cannot trump. And if a woman chooses not to have a child, and I'm not saying that evangelicals like this won't, right? Evangelicals would say rape is, doesn't justify abortion, but the Alvinist Church does because agency is more important. It kind of sounds weird to say that, but maybe more important than the child. Well, and I agree. That's where I come into the contextual morals, but mm -hmm. uh, not, sorry, not the contextual morals, the conflicting values. Um, oh, okay, yeah, but but that being said, the church would not say that a woman who chooses to have a sexual relationship, taking birth or not, or intends to get pregnant or not, has the right that that her agency has been spent, or or basically she's made her choice and she must accept those consequences. When in rape, she didn't choose the she didn't choose that, therefore she cannot be held accountable. Uh, meaning responsible for for give birthing the child. So so I think that's maybe where God would cross the line. And I'm just you know I've never thought about it in this in these terms. I'm just kind of you know thinking out loud. Thinking. Yeah. Well, and that's and I think that's the main value of one of these conversations. Is it? Yeah. Makes and I may be and I may be wrong, and there may be an LDS person listening. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I'm and even hey, a non LDS if, person. If, if, Hey, if people listen to this and actually comment and tell us how we're wrong, yeah, that's great. I, I mean, love that's it. Great. If they want to have a conversation. Let's talk. 
Yeah, um, and I, I guarantee you I've had conversations with other people who do not believe in God who probably would call me a heathen for my stance on morality, but... Um, Wait, who would call time, you a heathen? Other people who don't have who don't believe in God, people who claim atheism. Um, and I would turn would around probably, and say that, well, that's just your opinion. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyway. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, you would say that. I would take probably a more tactful approach, but that's yeah. my style. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's, that's fair. So, so going back to when you asked, like, what about rape is wrong? Was that your question? Did I remember that it, correctly? Well, just, um, just kind of, is that the, is that one that God could not have contextual? Well, um, I want to, yeah, that it would be it would never be right in any circumstance. Is that kind of, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say as far as I've thought it through, yes. And anything else that would, uh, and depending on the situation, right? Because you could say that Nephi took the agency away from, from Laban, right? But if if Hitler fell drunk in front of you, like I said, you know, would it be moral to kill him? You know, potentially, because he was the cause of, of a lot of death. And if Laban was the same, you know, maybe, maybe there's some merit oh, there, right? So it does definitely sound like this... Um take away the agency of someone is definitely something that you have to hedge and make contextual though. Um, yes. Like, because yeah. self-defense, I think, comes into it. Like, if they are a threat to somebody else's life, uh, and I guess, I guess I would have to say, and this is hard because we can't really make a judgment, right? Because if somebody's walking down the street, I can't just look at them and say, I can't minority report them and, and say, you know, in 10 years, you're going to kill someone. So I need to kill you now. It's like, it's like going, it's like when, uh, are you, are you, uh, are you a Marvel fan? Um, yeah. To an extent. Yeah. It's like a, it's like an end game when they're doing the time traveling and who was it? Who mentioned, was it one, one of the, one of the superheroes basically says like, if we go back in time, why don't we just go and kill Thanos? Like no question is be, would be, would that be moral? Because we know he wanted to kill half the population later in life. And the answer is, I don't know the answer to that question. Would it be considered moral by God if I was to go kill Thanos? You know, consider if I was in the MCU, right? Well, and again, I want to illustrate this. The question comes down to not, is it moral to kill Thanos inherently? It's, is it moral to kill Thanos based on God's, God's description of it? Um. Uh. Yes. Like, yeah. So it's not it's not a moral decision that you feel that you have all of the pieces yes. to yes. make the decision on. Well, if, um, if I if I was them, I probably would go back. Or if I could go back and and kill Hitler, I probably would. I I would say I have enough evidence. Look, hindsight, you know, that I could go back and ju- you know be justified in killing killing him. Or Ted Bundy, or, or any. I think if time travel was real, that it would be moral to do so. Hypothetically, that that, oh man, that opens up a whole other thing. I'm not even gonna talk about yeah. it, but sure. um, you know what? I'm going to open myself up to a whole bunch of ridicule and say I would not. If I had, if I was back in time with with young Hitler, and I had a gun in my hand, and I had the mm-hmm. choice, um, heck, even adult Hitler, I'd say. Um. Yep. I don't think I would do it. Um, yeah, it's crazy though. Like you, it's it's. I mean, this is all hypothetical, right? But you yeah. would let millions of people die 
because you don't think it's moral to kill to kill him. Is that right? Am I understanding that correctly? Oh, again, this goes far. Oh, <laughs> anyway, but, we don't but, have to go. But, <laughs> it, hey, if you write that down, and if you want to have another discussion yeah. another time and ask about Hitler, then by all means, let's do it. But sure. yeah, that's um, a tangent. We don't have to go there. But that's it. Yeah. Um, it would take too long to explain my stance in a, um, right. so, so, so there's this Deuteronomy 20 verse, um, okay. 14, okay. verse 14. You can let me know what, what your thoughts are on that one. Okay. 2014, you said, um, yeah. Um, so actually, um, 13 and 14 because okay. a bit more context. Okay. Let's see here. And when the Lord thy God, I'm living, I'm reading from King James. And when the Lord thy God shall hath delivered it into thine hands, thou shalt smite every male thereof with the edge of the sword. But the woman and the little ones and the cattle and all that in the city, even the spoils thereof, thou shalt take unto thyself, and thou shalt eat the spoils of the enemy which the Lord thy God hath given thee. Okay, so uh, let's look at the heading here. Which which um, people is he talking about? Because again, um, I I think I don't think this is talking about rape. Um, I guess you so, could you could interpret it like that, be taking the woman, maybe. Oh, I guess in verse seventeen it looks like it starts listening. Let's see. Oh, so fifteen, thou shalt do unto all the cities which are very far off from the which are not of the cities of these nations, but of the cities of these people which the Lord thy God doth give thee for an inheritance. Thou shalt save alive nothing that beareth. Um, Okay. But thou shalt utterly destroy them. Named okay. So the thing is saying other cities you need to destroy all of them, and for this city you can keep the women and the children and the okay. cattle and why all did, the other spoils. Okay. Is your question why is it okay to destroy all the children and women and the other ones? Is that, is no, that- uh, just um, in context of this, does this denote rape to you, or does this denote something different? Um, I don't know. Uh, which can you maybe I'm misunderstanding. Which part do you do you think constitutes rape? Verse like take, verse fourteen. Um, taking the children, the the women, the little ones, and the cattle, and all that is in the city, even all the spoils thereof, shalt thou take unto thyself, and thou shalt eat of the spoils of thine enemies, which the Lord thy God hath. So. What is uh, them taking the women and the children? And it's you can have some time to think on it, but like, yeah, I don't. What, what is that other than? Um, I don't. I don't deny that there's that that can be an interpretation. But well, I, and I I'm, I'm, I understand that that is my interpretation, but I yeah, I don't is, want to force my interpretation on you. I want to well, see what your interpretation would be. Well, well, I would have to if you want to say rape when he says. Thou shalt take unto thyself. If you want to say that that he's constituting rape for the woman, then you would also, at least logically speaking, you'd no. have to say that he's. Wait, sorry, am I misunderstanding that? Yeah, I'm not saying the specifically the that word meaning I'm taking them as rape, but I guess tell me this. Um, yeah, them taking the women, like okay. taking the women and the children. Okay. What is what is it that they're doing with the women and children uh, like what's the point it, of it taking them i think it takes a lot of assumption to say that it includes rape because okay. i could give you i could give you an answer i could say befriend them i could say feed them i could say you know 
Okay. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things. Is that fair? I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Because I, I, if you if you want to say rape, if it includes rape, you'd have to include it for the woman. In my mind, for the woman, the children, and the cattle. Right? He's not telling them to rape the cattle. So, so why? You know, and you may you may say context is well, they didn't do that. Well, was bestiality a well, thing? Well, hey, that, hey, that, I'm know? I'm not I'm again I'm not yeah. pushing a I'm not pushing a um a interpretation on this i genuinely want to hear what your answers are to them because i've heard people use these as a hey this is pretty darn pretty darn indicative it's like it's throughout history is what do you do you kill the women and you take the women you take kill the men take the women rape the women um raise their kids to be like um to be part of your Mm -hmm. um your tradition. So I wanted to sure. see what your. Yeah, I don't deny that that happened, and maybe does happen today in some parts of the world. Um, but I would have a hard time saying that that's what this is saying. So here, here's the other um, angle that I struggle with in regards, to especially the Old Testament. We don't know. It's kind of the idea, right? The Bible's true as far as it's translated correctly. Like my question would be. Is this if this is God speaking? How do we know these are actually His words? Even and I'll take it as far as saying, even if He said in here, you know, maybe they didn't have the word rape back then. But if 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 He used the word, whatever it would be, like Thou shalt take the woman and rape them, I would have yeah. a very hard time not. And you may call this apologetics, but uh, or some people would call it mental gymnastics, right? If this was the hypothetical, I'd have a hard time not considering the fallibility of the Bible, uh, which is unique, you know, as far as I know, to the to the Latter-day Saints in, in Christendom. Um, but that's a whole other conversation of, is everything the Bible says accurate? You know, and the church would say, no, it's not, right? That's why we have the article of faith. So that's, that's another angle where I struggle to make a, a decision. Uh, and people may call that a cop-out. And I, I will say that I would be willing to apply that to all of Scripture. Uh, as far as I understand it. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And it's like, for example, I'm going to have a conversation with some evangelical friends of mine here uh, where I live. And our whole conversation is going to be that. um, Sorry. Give me one second. Um, The whole conversation is going to be with these evangelicals is that every time I have a conversation with them, they cite to the Bible. And my, my point is to them that you're citing to a book and interpreting us, you know, also interpreting it differently than I would, but you're citing to a book that I don't hold as the final authority of morality, which they would. Does that make sense? So, so it's yeah. also hard, you know, I think if you could show me maybe in the Book of Mormon, because I think Latter-day Saints would say, although it's not perfect, and, and we don't even claim the translation to be perfect, uh, because it comes through, through humans, that that would be, that would hold a little bit more water for me. Um, does that make sense? So yeah, that makes sense. Again, want, again, yeah. I I am. This is not. I don't don't expect me to um, be debating in the same way that others do. Um, my right. my goal isn't to prove you wrong. Right. No. My no. Goal I'm is trying to, to hear to yeah. hear your answers, to hear your responses. Yeah. Um, I genuinely don't think that I'm going to get anywhere close to convincing you that the church is false. That's not. My expectation yeah, yeah. in the slightest. 
and vice versa, oh. right? I, I'm not here to convince anybody. Yeah, I, 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 I like to make people it's think. It's good to but. hear what your answers are. It's good to try because this, like these references to rape. I mean, these ones I had to look up because I've heard people use them before. I haven't heard responses to them yet, and I haven't. They haven't been something that was um, pointed out to me until. You know, post Mormonism, I haven't bothered to look into it, and I'm like, okay, might as well check this. And here, here's a question I have, because I, I still, I still genuinely think that things do boil down to there is no law except God say so. Um, at least as far as we are concerned here on Earth, um, and perhaps, perhaps I can't find a um a valid example of hey god did command rape at some point mm-hmm. so here's a another question then is how come if rape is the one con- contextualist like this is the, well, absolute, the, vi- no. the violation of agency oh the violation of agency don't don't go that far because you, you already accept the violation of agency is perfectly fine in certain contexts I would well. I would say, if you want to say self-defense, also, like if you if you're apt to kill me and I shot you, if you want to say that's violating your agency, I, I would, I would disagree. I would say you gave up your agency or your right to live when you tried to kill me, and I, I that's the church's stance as well, right? If if I'm trying to harm somebody, well, and you already said like Laban. I mean, that's yeah, kind of violating his agency. Um, yeah. Okay. So maybe we're talking semantics here. Uh, yeah. I, okay, yeah. Let's just let's go with what you said. Rape. Okay. So, uh, so you you said that rape. You don't know of any context under which right that is okay. Right. Um. So, why is that not a worse crime than murder? Why is that not a worse crime than murder? At least I wouldn't, against morality. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it is. I I would say from an LDS theological standpoint, we I don't I, I wouldn't call it worse because there there's scripture and teachings that say that that uh, it's second to murder. Yeah, second. Well, what's okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so adultery is the only one that trumps both of those. But okay, yeah. Um, so why is rape not worse than murder? Or because because I'm yeah. not saying it's worse or not worse. I'm saying we don't have the right as humans, and I do not think God has the right. So I wouldn't. I don't know if I can constitute that as worse. I guess that's one way to look at it. Well, sex, sexual sin in general okay. is considered second to murder. Okay, yeah, which I would agree with. Okay, so why is rape not considered? A greater sin than murder. Why is rape not considered a greater sin than murder? That's a good question. I never considered this one. Give me one second. Yeah, yeah, by all means, and you can take more than that if you want. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to, I'm trying to sort out my mind what makes rape wrong versus what makes murder wrong. I, I almost, the key is murder can be contextual. It's not murder in this situation or that situation, but 
Sounds okay, like Ray killing is never okay. I I well maybe it's I have to. I'm trying to think because is there a difference between killing and murder? Right. I I would define murder as like premeditated murder. Like like for example, if I'm if I'm driving a car and I fall asleep at the wheel and I kill someone, like that's not murder, right? Even legally. So is it fair to say that murder is worse than than um Well, and I guess I should clarify with that word too cuz you've already said, well, it doesn't count as murder if God says it's not murder. Right. Um if killing doesn't count as murder, like killing is is the action, murder is, is the intent, I'd say behind it, right? Or manslaughter, right? There's different definitions we've given it as people. But killing, yeah, I, is, I feel, I feel yeah. like, I feel like okay. making that definition, that distinction, just comes down to arbitrary when you boil it down far enough. But okay, um, yeah, you can disagree with me if you want, but um, uh, yeah, well, can you flesh that out for me? What do you mean by that? The distinction between killing and murder only comes down to arbitrary. Only comes down to the law that you are working under. Well, wouldn't everything be arbitrary if there is no God? Right from your from well, your no, I, I'm, I'm saying from even from your standpoint is like, it's it's only murder. If, from your standpoint, if that's what we, well, I guess if that's what God says it is, um, but even in your standpoint, if that's what society says, um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to, I I think a general, not just an LDS view, but a general Christian point of view would be that it's not, uh, what's the word you used. Uh, starts with an A. Not ambiguous. What's the word? So, <clears throat> you mean a word that's like ambiguous, or no, no, no? You just said it. It's uh, it's like subjective, but uh, oh, what's absolute. The what's the word you used? No. Uh, say say what you just said again. Sorry, I'm I'm. No. Oh, arbitrary. Oh yeah, arbitrary. Okay, I would say general Christians would say it's not arbitrary because we are not the ones who are deciding it. Right, arbitrary means right that okay, that but there's no real standard. But we would say God is the standard. Yeah, right? so I sh- I should well, and that's kind of my overall point is that we have from from our understanding, we have no way of telling the difference of between whether it's arbitrary or not arbitrary, other than God says this is how it this is good. So maybe to God that it's not arbitrary. Maybe to God there's strict reasons when it's oh, murder okay. versus not murder. Okay. But from our perspective, that there's no way to tell the difference between that and arbitrary. Um, other than God says so. Um e- yes, I think I would agree with that. Because if you asked me why killing was wrong. Or why murder was wrong, rather. Like, I guess I gave you that answer. Like, we all have value. We all have yeah. what I call intrinsic value. And but God it, gets to say when that when that value still is relevant or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I'd agree with that. Okay. So, with that, it's... Um, is there any... And, you now you said rape. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, I can't think so, of a time when a rape would be okay, and I don't know of any examples. Well, and I, see, th- this is the, that's the actually the really 
your language right there really kind of, I think, drives home my point. Okay. If you could think of an example, if you could find a point in the Bible where God said, do this, then you'd probably say, oh, right, that's okay. God had his reasons. Um, I, I don't think so because well, I, I guess not Bible. I should, I should say Book of Mormon or, um, yeah, but it's, but it's hard for me. So for example, it's like, it's like if you told me, um, or if, if you said that there is a place in the Book of Mormon where God lied, I, I would, yeah. I would say that's, Im- that's impossible because it's the Book of Mormon is very clear that he cannot. So it, it would be, it would be contradictory to itself. So I, I would understand the hypothetical, but it but it wouldn't flesh out ever. Does that make sense? So like you're 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 asking, and again, I appreciate the hypotheticals. Like I think they're really yeah. helpful, actually. But I'm trying to work out in my mind, like when could God lie? I think that's another good question, right? I think humans lie, and I and I think there's evidence that shows that even Joseph lied at times. Now, does it mean God commanded that? I I don't believe so. I. I I don't think there's any evidence for that. Um, I don't even think Joseph himself said God told me to lie. Uh, and if he did, I, I would consider him wrong. And what I was going to say is, I think the explanation of this goes back to the idea that we believe, a lot of saints believe that God is bound by law. Yeah. And we don't, but, but the issue is, we don't know exactly what that law is, right? And we kind of look to him. In trust and in faith, which is something we haven't talked about tonight, but that he that the only way he is God is because he lives these laws and anything. This kind of goes to your point, I guess, that anything he says or does is working within the bounds of those laws to which he is bound. And our from our blinded perspective, or we don't know, not those blind, laws but are. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So all we have to go on is does God say so? Yes or no? Um. um to an extent, yes, but like I said, I cannot, I cannot think of a time when he would say rape is okay. Uh, I, I, right? I can, I can, I can accept, a... I can accept that. But again, okay. the question, the question that you are milling over in your mind isn't, um, isn't saying, isn't saying is, is rape bad because it just straight out is absolutely 100% no question immoral always uh, yeah, your well, question is saying wait is there any situation under which God has or would condone this I, I would throw let me clarify I guess I would throw rape in with lying like like and this is yeah. based on what, what God has told me right so I am going through him right he's we don't have any way to access eternal law besides him, right? So there's a little bit of a conundrum there. That being said, there are things above God. There, I'll just say it like this. There are some things that he cannot command. Killing is not one of them. Rape would be, lying would be. And I'm sure there's others, but I'd have to think about what they would be. Does that, does that maybe fulfill what you're saying, or, um, or am, I, so, am I missing it? So are you, are you saying that the ultimate morality that god cannot break is lying or honesty uh one of them yes okay and so that okay so at least that's that's one where it's like okay god could never would never command a lie 
he would never say a lie. Yes, as far as I understand about his character and who he is, like it's kind of the idea God would cease to be God. If he lied, he would cease okay. to be God. Now, that's, that's not to say that he can't tell you he's going to do something, and then the, the scriptures, or the, the Old Testament would say repent, but and and we could talk about him knowing the future and things like that. But I, I wouldn't consider it lying if he said, I'm going to do X, and then turn around and say, okay, I'm actually not going to do X. Like, I, I don't, I wouldn't consider that a lie. Why not? I don't think that's the nature of a lie. Why not? It's like if I told you I was going to go to the store, and then I turned around and said, just kidding, I'm not, I didn't lie to you. That's not a lie. Yeah, you, but you, did you, did you know you weren't going to go to the store eventually? Like, when um, you said, I'm going to go to the store, did you actually think at that time you were going to go to the store? Um, I guess if I was God, then the answer would have to be yes, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Is there, is there a specific passage we can look at? Oh, not, I mean, I, I, I could look for one, I'm sh- Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that it would be easy to find one where God has said, hey, I'm, this is going to happen, and then it says, nope, this is actually what's happening. Yeah, um, but the the, uh, the apologetic answer to that could be, or one apologetic answer could be, maybe he, and again, I, I wouldn't still wouldn't consider it a lie, as far as I understand what a lie is, but maybe there is a need for these people to believe he's going to do something that would prompt them to turn to him. And I'm, I'm, I don't know what that instance would be if there is a specific one. Well, okay. Let's say if that's the case though, let's, let's say that that's true. It's like, if God tells them this thing, which is not true, which he he knows he's not going to do. Yeah. He tells them that and it gets them to do something that is good and very important and perhaps saves the church on the earth or, you know, something extreme like that. Sure. Okay. Um, so, um, in that case, it's the ends justify the means. Uh, yes, but I would I would like to know where he's done that because I think that's a hypothetical that that if it were true. So do you do you think there there is no place where God has said, "Hey, go do this, and this is going to happen," and then that thing doesn't happen? I I want to say no because that would be him lying. Okay, well that would be a good thing to to check and. Yeah. Here's the question is what is your standard of verification? Like what counts as actually God saying go do it? Is it if it's written in any of the standard works does that count? Um like I said I sh- I struggle with the Bible okay, considering so, translation. Okay. But if it How if about it Book of Mormon promulgate Price Doctrine Covenants. I think yeah, I think that I think that could be convincing. Okay. I, I to be to be um consistent I would let's just say yes. Let's just say whatever it says there, let's take it as face value. Okay. Um so basically so if I could find in the Book of Mormon Doctrine and Covenants or Pro Great Price a place mm-hmm. where God says this is going to happen, and then God says Nope, that's not gonna happen. Then then what then? Would that would that constitute him lying? Is that what you're asking? Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. Would that constitute him lying? Um. I don't. I don't. Let's let's just say yes, just to work with it. Because if I said no, then I I then we wouldn't get very far here. So let's okay, just say so, let's so just say yes. In in that case, was it 
Well, I am. I'm sure. Well, I'll I'll, I'll ask the question. I know you answered, but I'll ask it just for okay. setting the stage. Um, would that then be an example of God breaking morality? Um, either either it would be, or the doctrines of him not being able to lie would be false. Okay, right? Because you can't have you can't have both, right? Is that fair to say? I I I agree. Yeah, I was seeing right. if maybe you saw some other route that I didn't. Um, no, but it sounds like we both agree on that. That, um, yeah, and, and I'm trying to. Well, let, let's let me. Can we look at one? Let's look at. Is there one in particular you're you're thinking about, or no, not particularly. I've I've got a few rattling in my head to to check, but um. It'd take me some time to yeah. double check to see if any of them are very straightforward and have the um hey, here's God saying, here's this, do this, this is what's gonna happen. And it doesn't. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty confident that you wouldn't be able to find anything. And if I'm wrong, I'm I'm willing to be to be corrected. But that would be hundred percent contradictory to the nature of God for him to say it's almost like it's almost like saying, uh in DNC eighty two ten, where it says, "If we do what he says, he is bound." Right? It's it would defy that idea, and that is what holds. I believe that's what hold, holds Mormonism together is the idea that God is accountable to His word. So, uh, so I, I I do genuinely agree that that is that that is a core thing. But yeah, I so, yeah, and well, here's one last issue. Yeah. To what extent do, and again, you may call this apologetics, which is fine. Uh, to what extent do we, because like, for example, what if we found a quote that said that Joseph Smith said, hey, God told me to lie. You know, to what extent do we hold truth to what Joseph says, or or how, how do we know if that's actually true? Does that make sense? Well, and that, that that's why I, I asked, like, is it, if it's in the Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, yeah. or Book of Mormon. Does that count as yeah firm? No, no question. This is what God said. Yeah, we'd ha if we if we want this to be a productive conversation, we'd have to have some sort of standard. Because I I could turn around and say, well, all men are fallible, including Joseph, including the writers of the Book of Mormon, including uh, myself and my interpretation. And I could I could just shrug off any contradiction that you send my way, including this topic. Yeah. Um, which, which I think, in in a sense, you could do, and and still make sense, at least in in regards to the reality of what scripture is. But for the sake of this conversation, I don't think it'd be very productive to do that. So, well, so actually, that that's that's actually no, I think that's important because um, it helps me understand. It helps me understand your place as a person, as a believer. It's like what counts as firm and immovable. Mm -hmm. Yes. And for you personally, is every word written in the Doctrine and Covenants, Book of Mormon, Pearl Great Price, are those firm and immovable, or is there wiggle room there too? Oh, there has to be wiggle room in all of them, because even Joseph, he made edits to the Doctrine and Covenants after it was published, and he made edits even to the Book of Mormon after it was published. Like, but, and I'm so. Where do you find firm and immovable then? Yeah, so I think uh, ultimately you have to boil it down to faith and 
that's that's kind of like <clears throat> it's kind of like when we were when we were um, missionaries. We were often, at least I was often told, you know, if you don't know the answer, bear your testimony. Right. I think yeah. there's some truth to that in regards to LDS thought that ultimately it has to come down to a spiritual experience, and that's a whole other conversation of can you trust spiritual experiences or feelings, right? Which I think yeah. there's some things to be had there. But that being said, I think LDS people generally would say that there is a combination of resources that we can go to to verify truth. That being words of uh, ancient prophets, words of modern day prophets, uh, and ultimately the Holy Ghost, we might say. And then you might you might add logic and reason into that. That if okay. everything lines up in those, that, that we would say we trust that is truth, I guess you could say. Yeah, so I, I have I have a Difficulty with that one. Um, sure. Yeah, tell me about it. Because it, it's a core tenet of the church that mm-hmm. you need a sure foundation. Yes. I, immovable with the changing of time, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. None of those sources you have shared, does it sound like any of them you see as actually a firm, immovable foundation. Well, I, I can't hold anything that comes through man to be infallible, including prophets. So where, I mean, so the church we, doesn't affirm that well, the infallibility of prophets. And you brought up the spirit, which can speak to you directly, mm-hmm. but you also I'm infallible. admit that you are fallible. Or I'm, I'm so, sorry, I'm, I'm fallible, yes. Yeah. Um. So... Where do you get the firm, immovable, unfallible doctrine? There, there is no such thing as infallible doctrine. Meaning that, and, and I can sh- I can share some quotes with you. The church does now. Now I should say this: the church does affirm, affirm absolute truths, and and I think uh, let me let me say it like this: I think if the Lord Jesus Christ Himself visited me Himself that I could call that a sure witness. Um, and there's an argument to be had like, well, if I'm fallible, then how do I know I wasn't just dreaming or how, how do I didn't just make up that experience myself. But I, I think, you know, like I'm holding my cell phone in front of me. It's on my desk. Like if I could know that I'm holding, or if I could know that Jesus Christ visited me as assuredly as I'm holding this phone in front of me, I would call that knowledge. Right. And I think LDS claims would state that there are times when the Savior Jesus Christ himself would visit people, that they would know that he's standing in front of them just as well as they know that they existed. So so on those testimonies, if you will, uh, I would say that that's a sure foundation. And I, I guess as far as I can call it, infallible. Is it as infallible as we can get? Um, but it, when it comes to the to the lay member of the church, including myself, I I think that's what faith is is for. I don't think that I can have an infallible understanding or knowledge. I guess I can, but I don't have it currently. Um, but as for my resources, I I think that's where faith comes in. I guess that's that's the nature of faith is believing in something that you don't know for sure. Is that fair to say? Yeah, but I think you kind of you kind of switched um, switched topics a little bit there. Okay, tell me. Because I'm I'm talking about the the whole point of having a restored gospel and a restored doctrine 
-hmm. is so that there is a even if it's not even if there's um well basically a firm foundation the yes, rock what does that, that mean though that can't be moved mm -hmm. um so are you for, are you saying that we need an infallible source to be sure is that kind of what you're what you're suggesting or how can I be yeah, sure? Yeah, there's no yeah. Well, I, I guess, I guess, yeah, I would say that is you would need an infallible source. Yeah. Because yeah. if 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 and God's prophet can be infallible, then uh, can be fallible, then any, even if it's just a say one percent chance mm -hmm. that you have a one percent chance that God's prophet said, "Hey, this thing is right. This is God's will," and you have that one percent chance that he's wrong. Yes, oh, 100%. And the church doesn't teach against that. Now, the church has taught in the past, and, and I, I'm still working through this one, the idea that we cannot be led astray, right? You've heard that before, right? Uh, who was it? Wilford Woodruff said when, when he cut out polygamy, when people were upset about it, he said, look, the Lord will never permit me to do anything that would lead you astray. And if, he, if, if I would try it, he would remove me and, and replace me, basically, right? Uh that, you know, how do you know that was not one of that 1% of fallibility? Right, right. And that's why, that's why I don't like citing to that source. I don't think yeah. it's very helpful for the prophet. And that's, what, that's, the, uh, that's the point I make to the evangelicals is I say, how do you know the Bible's infallible? And they say, well, the Bible says so. And I say, well, that's a mm -hmm. dumb argument. So yeah. I kind of I make that same argument to, I mean, I revere Wilford Woodruff as a prophet, key-holding prophet, but I don't revere him as, and I don't think he reveres himself as an infallible prophet. That being said, I don't think that that statement that he made, I don't, I mean, he did not say, I am infallible, follow me. He said, I cannot lead you astray, which I think that's up for interpretation. I think he could teach something false and still not be leading us astray. Does that make sense? Like, for example. Uh, it, it's a stretch, but it's, well, well, to, stretch. To, it's a type of stretch that I would have made back in the day. Well, it depends on what you what your definition of lead astray is, right? If your definition of lead astray is te tell me anything that's wrong, then it wouldn't make any sense. But if your definition of lead astray remove you from the priesthood ordinances of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it would fit, which is which I think is the I think in context is what he's saying, right? Because he's move, removing plural marriage, and he's saying, look, just because I take this away doesn't mean that I'm a fallen prophet. Is ultimately what he's saying, right? In context. Yeah, the um, but he never said oh. he was perfect, or he never stated that he never said anything false, right? Yeah, but uh, again, you get into that circular logic. Is he right, saying, which mm -hmm. saying God says I'd never lead you astray, but if he had already departed from God at that point, that could have been a lie, right? Um, and yes. that promise but, that but, God wouldn't allow it to happen could have been false at that point. But I so think what that's is your sure think, foundation. Sure, but I think that's where the multiple witnesses comes in, right? Witnesses of modern day prophet or ancient prophets, modern day prophets of the Holy Ghost, of um, logic and reason, which which that may be last on my list. But uh, I think it comes down to a multiple. Uh, I have a friend who calls it the collective witness model. That okay. it, it's the only logical way, considering the infallibility of prophets, uh, and like that's why I said, right? If Christ Himself came to me, I would consider that witness infallible. You know, and again, someone might say, "Well, how do you know it was real?" Well, the answer is I don't. Right? Also, I mean, then we get into the argument of how do you know anything? Right? 
So yeah. if I, that's why I said like type of reduction. Yeah. yeah, but that's why I'm saying like I know that I'm holding my phone in my hand. As far as knowledge goes, in that sense, if Christ came to me, I would call that. I would say that's a knowledge. Well, and I'm, I'm, yeah, and I'm not going to take things down to a nihilistic degree, yeah. but which we could, but and I understand the argument yeah. for that. It makes sense. I mean, there has to come to some point where you have to make assumptions in about the world to yes. function in the world. Yes. Um, and assuming that you can actually see and feel is pretty kind of important. Sometimes. Yeah, you have to. You kind of have to start somewhere. So anyway, so yeah, when you when you let me see if I can wrap up kind of my answer to make sure that I'm being clear enough. Unless the Savior Himself visits, I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking on behalf of the Church or anything, anyone else. For myself, I don't think I could have. Uh, well, well, I take it back. I think I can have a sure foundation when faith is included. I, I think when you're talking about the church wants you to have this sure foundation, I don't think it means have a pure knowledge, which is available according to doctrine, but is not required to have a sure foundation. That faith can still be involved, even if you don't know everything, and even if there's fallible people, which is everyone. Does that does that kind of sum it up a little bit? Or any, any yeah, other? I mean, it, it sums it up. It leaves it very, it leaves it very fuzzy. Um, okay, but, is, do we need to hash it out a little bit more, or is there anything else I can? Um, it's not one of those things that I think. I mean, maybe it's something. Well, actually, it's been two hours and ten, eleven minutes. Now, so, <laughs> um, That's awesome. So probably, probably. Maybe something to table if you want to try talking again. Maybe yeah. we can do that. Yeah, and, and maybe um, I need to flesh out my, my thoughts a little bit more. Because yeah, they're good well, questions. Because, yeah, it's good. Hey, it's questions that haven't been presented to you before. So I count yes. that as a, as a quality conversation. Yes, me too. And I appreciate it. And just um, so you know, and I, I know we're wrapping up here in a second. Anyone yeah. who's listening to this, especially on the Ex-Mormon subreddit, like, and, and, I, and I hope I don't come across, um, I hope my voice isn't being raised too much. I should say that. Like I can't hear my own voice through my headset. So if I'm talking louder and it's because I'm passionate about this too. Right. But I, I don't mean to come across as uh, hostile or anything, anything like that. And I, I don't know. Do you feel like I have been, do I need to apologize for that? Like hey, I, your, your voice levels have seemed fine. Yeah. Um, okay. And I, I will add that. Um, you're more, I, calm. I, I, you're I, more I think, calm I, I think that, I think that passion is very welcome in, um, these discussions I, I i i mean i'm coming from the stance of a therapist but i i do not yeah. think i do not <laughs> think it is i do not think it is humanly possible to have reason devoid of passion it is yeah and i hope um, that my it's not personal to you or anything like that yeah. like it's yeah anyway i i think you're awesome i i think this is great and i appreciate it and i hope that we keep these conversations going in the future that you and I can even, uh, you know, stay. I in do contact. too, and I, I appreciate, especially that um, I can tell in the questions you ask and the answers you give that you're not just looking for one-liners or short, uh, short thought-stopping um, answers. You, I want to be consistent. Trying, you are trying to look for genuine, consistent. Um, non-hypocritical honest yes um, and you are thinking about it deeply um so that is yeah prompted by your questions you. which is really cool but yeah but i ask i ask these type of questions of many people on many topics 
um, just in my interaction with them. And a lot of times, people's response is to perceive it as an attack and then either run away or switch to, um, well, it, eventually they run away because they'll switch to insults and I'm cool with that. I can sit through <laughs> insults and um, it's like, okay, fine, you insult me, I'll still talk with you. And yeah, um, and then, um, yeah, eventually people don't want to continue a deep philosophical theological discussion so i I appreciate that well well i think yours and i's um experience is very similar in in yours what you just said in my experience in the ex-mormon community i come across a lot of people who start talking and then the insults come out or they lead with insults and it's like it's not productive like i i would love to talk and like i said i can show you dozens of messages from uh uh well well i i I have a challenge for you then Um, yes kind of a parting challenge and um, yes that is, next time someone comes at you with insults, mm-hmm. see see if you can go past that. Like, if you can get to the other side of the insult wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that takes skill, and it might take many tries, but any time that you can get past that and actually get to the person and have a genuine conversation after the insults, you'd be surprised at how quality of conversations you can have with people who at first started off as aggressive, um, you know, cussing you out type of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I will do that. And, and I think the first um, evidence of me trying to do that is if you, if you end up posting this on the, uh, on the Exmo subreddit, sex Mormon subreddit, <laughs> Yeah, it, might, it, it might take me a while to, um, I mean, this is over two hours and it usually takes at least two or three times as long to edit the audio yeah. to make sure that, you know, I'm cutting out dead spaces and just making sure everything's there. Um, yeah. Again, I want you to have a full copy of the audio. So when I post it, if there's, I don't intend to cut out anything of substance, um, but if but you do, I want I'm, you to I'm have gonna... a record to compare it to, to say, wait, this is, this well, is not trust. I just by talking to you, I I trust that you're not going to cut out anything. And if you do, like, if you're like, okay, this was a pointless part. Like, say when we start talking about Hitler, if that's yeah. not, I'm not saying it is, but if that's not applicable to what we were saying, <laughs> I'll I'll trust that you're not going to cut out things that make me look stupid. <laughs> Does that I, make hey, sense? That, yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, okay, and yeah, so I I would prefer to have the full context because I would hate for you to judge something as not. Um, just giving a second thought, my, like, yeah. My 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 intent with this one, for better or worse, is to not cut out anything. Okay. Um, there, maybe again, if there's a long pause, maybe just be like, yes. okay, let's shorten that pause. Um, or if there's excessive thumping or noise, which I haven't noticed anything like that, but um, oh, if I've been doing that, I apologize. Sometimes I, I haven't, I haven't noticed okay. it, but okay. it's just basically. My intent is to edit so that what we said is clear rather than edit to remove what we said, even right. if what we said is a little ridiculous. Yes. Cool. All right.